Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Kim, here. And again, welcome to another episode of Bravo! East Coast Housewives. It's flipping Tuesday, and I just hope that your week is going to go fucking fabulous. I have to say, so much has happened this past week in the Bravo world. Uh, Some departures, something new and fresh that's starting on the 27th. There's so much shit going on here. It's ridiculous. Why did Denise really leave? Let's get all these things taken care of, the facts straight out, honey, and let's just get to what the bravo. So if it's up to me to report the big news, the big gossip, but it's really not gossip, it's fucking true. You guys, NeNe Leakes is leaving the Real Housewives of Atlanta cast. Oh my gosh, I saw that on Instagram and actually she put a video out on YouTube. So I saw a little bit of it on her Instagram just like the first like minute because they only give you a fucking minute to like air anything out as far as video is concerned. So then I went to YouTube, watched her like four or five minute video and she spilled the news, the devastating Sad news. We see each other is no longer a part of the Real Housewives of Atlanta as far as the future of filming. I'm super bummed out because Nene is the OG of the Housewives. I mean, she really is. Everyone would probably say Vicky Gunvalson because I think the Real Housewives, the Real Housewives of OC, I think was the first, um, the first franchise. To be honest, um, I could be wrong on that, so don't kill me, okay? But yeah, Nene Leakes is just, she's a legend. And even Andy said that. He says this, and I say this, uh, I found it on the Bravo website. He says, and I quote, Nene Leakes is an icon of the genre. She is a gif and a catchphrase machine. In 11 years of Watch What Happens Live, Nene has been our most frequent guest, and she always has a blast. So now with Nene leaving, (sighs) Honestly, we will miss so many great one-liners, including, Bloop! Close your legs to married men! I said what I said! Bye, wig! And, so nasty, so rude. Listen, I just think, she's, she's a goddess. She's a historical Bravo goddess. She brought so much to the franchise. She was on, how long has she, how long has she been on? She's been on from season one to seven. Then she took a little bit of a break. Remember, she did star on uh, Broadway. She was the evil stepmother in Cinderella, which I remember they filmed that. Well, she was on, she was filming when that happened, but she was on seasons one through seven, took a bit of a break, and then she returned uh, seasons 10 through 12. So for all the Bravo peeps listening, I'm sure you guys are as devastated and as set, bummed out, really. You're bummed out that she's not coming back, and I am too, you know? But listen, Bethany did that too, and Nene did it too. Who knows? Maybe in the future she'll come back. You never know. Like, you never, ever know. Life is a journey. We all know that, and shit happens all the time. So there's that. Now, if we move on to New York... There's some rumors flying up about that. Uh, First off, 
we saw, or I saw, on Leah's Instagram, usually on your Instagram, their profile, it says all the shit that you do and whatnot. So she had Real Housewives of New York on her profile. Hello, honeys. She took it down. What the funkadelic? She took it down. Why did she take it down? Rumor has it. Rumor has it. She may not be back for season 13. Why? Because we found out that Bravo kind of gave her a low blow with the compensation, if you know what I mean, with the show. I read somewhere that she only got 3000 per episode. And I guess she, I mean, listen, the bitch wants more money. I would too. She brought so much to this season. She really did. She was a fan favorite. I mean, Jerry O'Connell, what the fuck? He, he mentioned Leah was his favorite housewife of all time. And this was her freshman season. So of course the bitch wants more money. You go, Leah. I support you. Bravo, give her more money. So I think really she got, with that $3,000 an episode, I forget how many episodes there were, but I read that I think it totaled to about $60,000. Now, we know when Denise came in on the scene for Beverly Hills, she was getting one mil. So, yeah, I don't know. Leah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I would demand more money. You're a businesswoman. You're a tough-ass bitch. Yes, uh, I really hope that she comes back. Also got some other rumors, tea to spill, on the New York Gal Pals. So, supposedly, they are hiring more cast members. At least at the moment, we're, we know that they're going to hire one because Dorinda's gone, right? Now, I found on Daily Mail, okay? I found an article. Title is, Real Housewives of New York City looks to be hiring its first black cast member as they shoot new scenes with Bershawn Shaw. Apparently, she's 55. That's what the article said. Okay, we don't really care about the age, but we just want to make sure that she's fabulous. So, Bershawn is a motivational speaker, and it says here, while it is unclear whether the star will serve as a full-time housewife or just a friend of the show to start... The source basically said she is a part of filming. So we will be looking for her once season 13 starts. We also find out that Bershawn is a regular on ABC 7's Good Morning Washington, D.C. So I don't really know much about Bershawn except for the little part that I read about her in this article. But I'm going to look this lady up because if she's going to be a part of the cast of Real Housewives in New York City, you know that she's going to be fucking awesome too, okay? Same thing with Leah. Didn't really know much about her. I was like, what the heck is married to the mob? Obviously, I looked that shit up. Super cool, right? And guess what? We all loved her. And if it's the case where Bershawn is going to be a full-time housewife, I know that she's going to have a lot to bring to the table. I'm pretty sure she will give Ramona Singer a reality check of life with her 60-some girlfriends, okay? Let's just say that. Now, also, moving on. Ooh, Exciting news here, people. There is a new show coming to Bravo. Four hosts, badass bitches right here. Hannah Burner from Summerhouse, Giselle, my queen, Bryant from Real Housewives of Potomac, Kate Chastain, our beloved below deck chief stew, and Miss Portia Williams from our Atlanta gal pal cast. These kick-ass women are coming together and they are doing a new series on Bravo. 
What is it going to be called? It's going to be called Bravo's Chat Room. So they're going to break down everything from pop culture to personal experiences within this show. It premieres September 27th at 10.30. So that's going to be after Watch What Happens Live because Andy's usually on at 10. It is only on twice a week. The cool thing is it's going to be taped remotely from the panelists' home, so from the girls' home, offering fans a unique and intimate look at their lives. And we as fans are just going to get to know them on a different level, which is going to be fucking fabulous. So I also read that this is going to be a six episode event series. So it's going to be on Sundays and Mondays through the 27th of September to October 12th after Watch What Happens Live. So I wonder if they're making this almost like a pilot, if you will, those six episodes to see how people respond to it. Who knows? But I know that I'm going to be excited. I wonder if they're going to take live callers. I think that would be awesome, but they probably won't because it's remote. I'm not really sure. Who knows? But I know I'm going to like it. It's going to be great. And if they do take live callers... I'm going to fucking call and say, oh, first of all, too, I also saw Watch What Happens Live when Andy had all these Bravo podcasters, like the ones that everyone listens to and blah, blah, blah. And I was watching them and they were doing some impressions. And in my mind, I was like, Andy, why didn't you call me? I can do some impressions, too. I got a good Sonia. I'm a pretty okay Ramona. Like, help me out. I want to be on the show, too. Andy, look me up. And all those other podcasts. Call me up. I'll be on your show. I want to talk some shit with you. Let's talk Bravo. Come on my show. Let's do this shit together. Let's stick together. We see each other. Oh, Nini, what the fuck? I'm going to miss you. You're so fucking great. Ooh, so now since Nini's going to be gone, ooh, listen, people, I need, I need Atlanta to bring back Phaedra. I do. Phaedra was such, she was such a big thing whenever she was in the cast okay she brought so much to it she was one of my favorites and honestly that season whenever she and candy really got into the thing and then Portia was the pawn holy shit that was the most intense season for me and then it was just so intense and I think Phaedra's kind of like Candace in my opinion It's like you kind of want to hate her, but you know that she's so good for the show that it kind of makes you love her at the same time. But we also don't want these bitches to ruin people's lives, so that kind of sucks. So don't be like that. But again, it's great for the show. So, bravo, if you're listening to me, get back Phaedra. And also, read somewhere... That Erica Jane is totally for Chris Jenner coming to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Why? No, we don't want Chris Jenner Beverly Hills. We don't want that. Also read that Denise is quitting because obviously the toxicity of what she dealt with, yes, but they also couldn't reach a deal. So this is my own opinion. Could be wrong. Because she had to deal with so much shit this past season, she was probably like, look, Y'all fucked my life up for a little bit and I demand more money because I am a badass bitch and I am Denise fucking Richards. So give me more money. Don't check for me unless you got to check for me per candy. Yes, we know that tagline. It's fabulous. Uh, So she probably wanted that. Bravo didn't want to give her the cash. So she bounced. So just don't get Kris Jenner. I beg of you. Please, please, please. I beg of you. So now with that, All those little tidbits of what the Bravo information that I have for you at the moment. Let's get into part two of the Roni reunion.
Okay, so within part two, Andy asked some questions that were pretty a big deal, in my opinion. So first, he just really wanted to know why Dorinda gets so mad whenever Tinsley's name is being brought up, especially at the season finale, if we recall. Leah just wanted to make a toast to the bitches and say, Tinsley, you know, introduce me to all of you guys. No, fuck you. No, I'm Dorinda. I'm pissed off. Blah, blah, blah. I hate Tinsley. Andy wanted to know, why the hell did you freak out? That was unnecessary. Dorinda responds, saying that she just felt like Tinsley was not being authentic and she wasn't being her real self to the group. Now, I don't know about that. I think we saw Tinsley be pretty, pretty honest on the camera. The difference, I think, between Tinsley and all the other ladies is... Her personality is just a little bit more low-key, right? I mean, Bethany's out there. Sonia is definitely out there. They're just, they have bigger personalities than Tinsley. Tinsley has a great personality. She's just a little bit more reserved. And we see that because her mother's pretty reserved. We can see the parallel there. So because Tinsley doesn't act like the rest of the girls, I think Dorinda's like, what the fuck? Why aren't you going to be more open with us? Well, you know what? Maybe she doesn't want to be open with you especially because you are a Tinsley hater. You have haterade for Tinsley, and I don't really understand. But then we find out from Andy that the way that we got Leah this season is the producers, I think, brought up her name, but also our gal pal Bethany Frankel gave Bravo a list of 30 names. Leah was one of them on that list. So... I thought that was pretty cool. Bethany just knows the shit. I wonder if Bethany also put the Bershon Shaw in there. We'll see, I guess, um, if she's going to be a full-time housewife or not, right? But with Dorinda being so butthurt about Tinsley not being authentic and real, I feel like she just wanted to control Tinsley in a way. And we also found out... Remember when everyone thought that Ramona, or at least Dorinda, when Dorinda was claiming that Ramona probably planted the story about Dorinda and John breaking up on page six? Well, we find out that it wasn't Ramona, and Dorinda admitted that it was her friend Greg who planted the story about their breakup. Honestly, I wonder if Dorinda knew about that, and if she did, that almost sounded pretty LVP of her as far as, like, Daily Mail with the whole puppy gate and all that shit, if we recall. I just think that's a little bit interesting. I do. I do. We also find out that Tinsley and her sister made out. So it happened 20-some years ago, and then Andy or someone brought up the fact that Leah and Tinsley kissed each other, and Leah just admits, she's like, yeah, well, Tinsley's a good kisser. So everyone... She's a good kisser. Scott thinks so. He put a ring on it. Yes, honey. We also found out who really did put the vibrator in the chicken. It was Sonia. It was not Leah, even though she's the one that said it. Sonia did it. Not surprised because she was getting all socialist with me during that episode, if we recall. Now, what about the lower level, Lou? What's your deal? Andy wanted to know. Why were you so upset and all this kind of shit? Lou says that she always ends up on the lowest part of the totem pole when it comes to rooms. Come on. All of those rooms are nice. I would stay in the fish room. I would stay in like your least nice room because guess what? In my world, in my life, those rooms are nice fucking rooms. So get over it. Take a chill pill. 
get a Kleenex, cry a little bit, and enjoy the damn room. Be lucky that she got a room. You know what I'm saying? So I still think it's kind of funny that she thinks that she needs a certain type of treatment with the room. Whatever. If you don't like the room, go to a hotel, get a nice room, get a penthouse, whatever. I really don't think the rooms were that big of a thing because I think they were all fucking nice. So I found that funny. Ha ha ha. LOL. We did also see Luann reflect on the season, especially that she was being more sober, obviously, than seasons past because her probation just ended at the beginning of the season. We saw that. And I guess Andy was like, well, what are you up to nowadays since you can't do cabaret? And again, she's working on her book. She's still working on the show Mary F. Kill. And whenever they were talking about the book, Luann was going a little bit deeper about the relationship with her father. He had alcohol issues and I guess her childhood wasn't so great. Because of that, she says, no matter how low that you go in your life, you can always come back. You know what? I am a firm believer of that. I completely agree. We can see it through herself because she was at a low point in her life and she got back up from it, right? She fell off the horse. She got back on the horse again. We also saw that Ramona and the girls were saying that Luann is more centered than she ever was before and she's more focused and she's not kind of all over the place and super into herself and you know self-absorbed like Ramona is (laughs) which is funny that Ramona even said that observation she needs to like look inward herself but Andy's also happy to see that Dorinda and Lou are back on a good page with their friendship which they are and that was great because whenever they were not in a good place it was really toxic sad to see I mean Dorinda really threw punches that really hit deep and you could tell on Luann's face that it really affected her it's just great that they're lovey-dovey again for now The whole, hey, Sonia, do you get paid by Luann with her show comes up again. (sighs) Agree to disagree at this point. Luann says, yes, I paid you. Sonia says, no, you don't. So it's a mystery that we might not solve, but I think uh, she, if she does get paid, she definitely is probably getting the right amount. If she's getting $200 just to be in one act, I think that's fucking great. I would just take it with grace Go about your merry day and be done with it. But that's just my own opinion. Working in that spectrum before, not cabaret, but live performance. So (laughs) that's just, that's just from my life experiences myself. Also, we find out, uh, newsflash, Dorinda is seeing someone. She's got a new lava. She's got a lava. Who is this guy? Well, we don't know his name. However, we saw in the reunion, Andy asks, are you seeing someone? And she's like, woo. Time will tell. So obviously she's seen someone. We don't know him, but Sonia says it's pretty new. So it's a thing, honey. They are together. Yeah, so they're together. I also saw them on her Instagram. So I don't know who the dude is, but maybe we'll find out eventually. Not on the show, clearly, but maybe she'll put it on Instagram, like who the dude is. She should. I think she did. Didn't she start a YouTube channel? I think she did. So that was pretty much uh, part two. Nothing too crazy as far as like, listen, the reunions for Jersey were fucking fabulous. Remember when Jennifer Aiden brought her A-game with her one-liners, just her passion? I mean, God, she dominated. Let me tell you, she won those fights. It was great. We're not really seeing a lot of that within this reunion, to be honest. I think the difference between this reunion versus the Beverly Hills reunion, I feel like the New York girls, they fight. It's almost like... It's almost like they're dudes where like dudes can fight, B 
beat each other up and then the next day they hang out and they're like, yeah, man, this is fucking awesome. I don't know if guys talk like that, but whatever. I feel like the New York ladies are more like that, whereas I really feel like the Beverly Hills ladies, some of them, not all of them, but they're like a bajillion Regina Georges literally trying to be malicious to each other and just mean And I don't like that. And they throw low, low, low blows, especially to Denise. So very different. This reunion is not super crazy. We also saw a rumor, too, that I forgot to say this in What the Bravo. Maybe Snooki will be joining the cast of Jersey. But guess what? No, she's not because she said something on her uh, social media that the rumors are not true. I don't know if I'd really want her to be a part of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. I mean, we have to understand, these people are in certain, they found their own little niche, right? Snooki is with Jersey Shore. That's where she is. Kris Jenner is with the Kardashians. That's where she is. That's where they should stay. That's just my own opinion. If the shows are canceled, then they should just move on with their lives and do something else. But don't come on, don't come on my Bravo show. Because they're mine. Okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up. So now, my loves, my peeps, we are at the main event of our Potomac women. So if Yin's guys caught this episode on Sunday, I mean, I'm pretty sure you would be feeling the exact way that I'm feeling. Seriously, This was probably as close to, even though I think next week is really going to be the drag me, Monique, like the real thing. And I wonder too, is it going to be like, are they actually going to show it? Because the teaser shows, you know, Robin saying, Monique, you know, it was pretty awesome. I loved it. I tried to do as Robin-y as I could. They made it seem like they're not going to show it, but I wonder if they do only because Let's go back to Jersey, right? Remember Danielle Dagger with the ponytail pull felts around the world? They showed that shit. So why wouldn't they show Monique dragging Candace? If that even is what happens, right? You see the little hair flip from Monique to Candace. So I don't know. I am I'm anxious, patiently and impatiently waiting. And I know that makes no sense, but this is what the show does to me here, people. So, but in this particular episode, we get to see and understand what the fuck is Michael doing with his whereabouts? You know, there's always something about Michael. Always, is he talking to this girl? Is he talking to, is he gay? Who knows? What's going on? What is going on, Michael? Well, guess what? You did the wrong thing. First of all, You don't deserve Ashley. Ashley is a kick-ass bitch, and you don't deserve her. You don't deserve her. She deserves the world, you know? She deserves someone who is going to kiss her feet and everything. Like, she just is an amazing person, and you don't deserve her. (sighs) End rant, right? Um, Okay, but we get to the footage of Michael, because the episode before shows a picture of Michael uh, circulating in the internet world, and we find out what the fuck happens. But before that, we see Candace in the studio singing her song or two, and I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was pretty good. Hey, you know what? Sheena, Luann, Kim Zolciak, y'all could take lessons from Candace because she was pretty good singing her go-go music that I guess she sang to Chris at their wedding. They did do like a, a history back to it. 
I didn't realize it was the same song, but I definitely like the new arrangement, the way that Candace did as well. I like the arrangement with that producer, whatever the hell his name is. But yay, good job for you. Claps. Of course, whenever we see them, they always got to reflect on the time before that they hung out with the women. So Candace and Chris are reflecting on the lake house visit to the Samuels Lake House, right? Chris is listening to Candace vent about how she is done with Monique. She is super butthurt that Monique did not say goodbye to her at the lake house when she was chilling on the couch and she was pretending to sleep. Monique says she wasn't pretending, but let's, guys, let's just be real. She was sleeping. Like, let's not be stupid. She was. You could totally tell that she was sleeping. So that was not good on you, Monique. I was not, I was not about that because I think Candace was really trying to bury the hatchet or at least trying to. We all know Candace is not my number one. We all know that Giselle is. <laughs> but after the whole studio, right? After that, we see Ashley and Michael meet for lunch. Ashley looks so pretty, by the way. I thought the outfit was great. Her makeup, oh, flawless. Loved it. So she approaches him about the rumor mill with the strippers and who the fuck did you go home with? Like, what the hell happened? Hotel room. What's going on? We find out also that Monique and Robin end up texting Ashley about the whole thing with the article with Michael and his boxers in the hotel room. And she's like, fuck, I got to address this. Like, what the fuck is going on? She asks, did something happen between you and someone else? Michael admits, camera's rolling, honey. Camera's rolling. He said that he met a girl at the club and then they went back to MGM Hotel. And then I guess a bunch of girls came and asked if they wanted to go up to the hotel. And then apparently they kissed in a cab. Michael was drunky wonky. You know, first of all, Why is this excuse always, oh, I was really drunk? Fuck that. Fuck that. Drunk is not an excuse. You know right and wrong. You know that your ass is married. You know that you made a commitment. Don't fucking bring the I was drunk into it because that is some bullshit to me. No excuses. It was just wrong. You're a dick. You were wrong. Boo on you. So apparently they kissed in the cab. He says, the next thing I woke up. And uh, I was in the hotel room with her. Obviously, I can't fucking impersonate Michael all that well. My bad. But you know what I'm saying. That's how, you know, picture him saying that. He says that the girl that he ended up sleeping with but not having sex with, right? I think that's a bunch of bullshit too, okay? He really didn't necessarily say, or at least I don't think so. I don't think he said, I didn't have sex with her. He just said, I found myself waking up in bed next to her. But he didn't confess if he slept with her or not. So did he? If you were to ask me, I think he did because I think he's dirty like that. And I think he's already played Ashley dirty many times and I don't like it. I'm not a fan of his either. So Michael told Ashley the girl ended up taking a photo of him whenever he was going to his phone or something or whatever at the at the dresser. And what did this bitch do? She wanted to make some quick coin. And I guess she did because that bitch sold that photo to some blogger and then bam, article spread around the world. You know what I'm saying? Like that's some fucked up shit ambushing the dude well first of all we don't like Michael he's not the best dude he's not the most uh trustworthy but bitch why did you do that that's shame on you karma will happen to you honey I'm just saying so I feel it coming obviously it's not gonna be coming from me but things always come back around that's what I think true believer karma is a thing as Karen would say karma is a bitch honey 
Oh, this also pissed me off too. Michael says, he's trying. Okay, he was drunk. I'm sorry. I kissed someone. I could have slept with someone. I don't remember. I'm drunk. Blah, blah, blah. Then he says this. He pulls out this card. Let me tell you, this is another big bullshit lie. And I don't feel sorry for you whatsoever. Michael says, we lost our intimacy. Well, you know what? You know how to solve that? You go in the fucking bathroom, jerk yourself off, have a good time. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You made a commit. Oh, I can't stand that excuse. That excuse is ridiculous and I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And don't bring me, oh, I'm a man. I have this instinct. I'm an animal. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Fuck off. You're a piece of shit, Michael. What you did was wrong and you know it. So because he knew it and he was embarrassed and all this shit, you know what he did? He pulled a Denise, honey. Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Okay. Trying to tell the producers to cut the camera, cut filming because this is their life. Well, first of all, y'all signed up for it. I know. And yes, this is a hard time, but you kind of signed up for it. I think it's in the contract. Like, let's just be real. I hate seeing it though. I hate seeing Ashley being put through this because she shouldn't even have to deal with this. The dude's not a good guy. From this conversation though, I didn't realize, but I'm also not surprised that I guess they've had threesomes with other women before. Uh, Again, I'm not surprised by that, but they never really spoke about it. And guess what? That's okay. They didn't have to. Even though they sign up for the reality show, I don't think they have to say every little thing in their life. Like, are they going to tell us whenever they have to go to the bathroom? No. Who gives a fuck? Like, if they want to talk about it, cool. If they don't, whatever. If it comes out, yeah, then maybe you'll have to talk about it. So there's that. So after we find out that Michael and Ashley haven't really been the most traditional married couple, and that's okay, we just can't get over the fact that, Michael, you could have fucked up the marriage even more so than before. So moving on, Monique gets an office space for her business and she's setting up the new office space. And I guess they were talking about the new live podcast show that they're uh, talking about. She sold a bunch of tickets, or at least she's trying to. Out of the 300 tickets that she needs to sell, she's got like 30 of them sold. So she's kind of nervous, like, damn, I'm putting so much money in. I want to get something back. Oh, we find out that she used like $200,000 to just start and vamp this shit up. Like, listen, okay, this podcast, I want to make it as big as possible. Big, 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 honey. So tell your friends, tell your friends, tag me, tell your friends. Instagram, Bravo Yenzo, hello. But I don't have 200K to do all this shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm literally, we're starting from the bottom up. But damn, Monique, that's a lot of fucking money that you're putting into it. I really hope it turns out the way that you want it because goddamn, I could like pay off my student loans and buy a house and shit. Like that's a lot of money to me. Clearly, I don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars. I do in my dreams, though. After the office space, Giselle, see her. She's going into furniture shop. She's furniture shopping. Robin meets up with her. Of course, green-eyed bandits stick together. They are sisters from another mister, and they will always be. I love the relationship. It's the best. Then you have them reflecting as well about the lake house visit. They're not understanding why Monique freaked the fuck out on Candace and still, quite frankly, I don't understand it either. I can understand that she's still pissed off about the Sharice thing, but to kind of do that in front of all the women at your house and all that, I don't know. It was just a little unnecessary. Take it aside, just like Candace did with Giselle and Ashley. Have a private conversation about it instead of making the whole world dragged into your drama. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, Robin also admits that <laughs> the article, I don't want to laugh about this, but it is kind of funny because everyone has done, everyone has done this. I've done it. 
You've done it. Robin meant to send that article, I believe, to Sharice. <laughs> and she ended up, she accidentally sent it to Ashley. Her window was popped up and she didn't even realize. So she sent the article to Ashley and then she's like, oh, fuck. What the fuck? And then she's like, I covered it up, though. I said, what should we do about this? Yes, Robin. That's what I would have done. But seriously, we've all done that. We've all sent that text, especially if it's a mad text. Like Robin was just giving the heads up. You know, it made it look like right, even though she didn't mean to send it to her. But have we all had a text where we're, we're like talking shit on someone else? Like, oh, my God, I'm so mad at this person. Blah, 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 blah. They did this and this and this. And then you send it thinking that it's like one of your close friends. Then all of a sudden it's the person that you're really pissed off at. Oh, my God, it's the worst feeling. By the way, haven't really done that many times but I've done it I've done it we've all done it so Giselle wants to take the ladies to a wine tasting because she wants to celebrate her literary award from her book first of all yes Giselle way to go I'm pretty sure you're going to be New York Times best-selling author I'm saying if Stassi Schroeder can do it duh you can do it and your shit's probably a lot more uh juicy as far as the content and I don't know I read Stassi's book. It's not, I wouldn't say it's New York Times bestselling, but that's just my own opinion. But what the fuck? What do I know? I don't have a fucking book, so I'll shut the fuck up. Before the winery hang happens, Wendy and Eddie take their little son to a karate class. Oh my God, that was so cute. Of course, <laughs> I'm not surprised by this because I feel like any mom would do this. Wendy was seeing the instructor kind of showing him how to do shit. And if you're taking karate or taekwondo or something, there's going to be contact. So she's like, man, if you hit my baby again, like I'm going to go. Yes, I love that. That was so cute. Loved it. I think it's so adorable. Like he wanted to take the, the class because he wants to be a power ranger. That is the cutest thing. I loved hearing that. Honey, you will be a power ranger. You know, Halloween's coming. Get prepped up. Power Ranger 2020, and then you're just building those stepping stones to becoming the most badass Power Ranger. I believe in you. With that, Wendy's talking about how her maternity leave's almost up, and she's really considering, do I want to go back as a professor at Johns Hopkins? I'm not really sure. I've really enjoyed this time with my kids, with my family, and I'm not sure if I really want to do this. And then she said, being the first generation of her family to get an education and do amazing things with this education, she feels... Everything that her mother has sacrificed for her to be successful, she feels like she would be failing her mother if she left teaching. Um, so she's really on the fence about that. And I, I understand what she's I understand what she's going through. Not exactly, but I empathize with her. I'm sure that's a very tough decision. And we always want to make our parents proud. So I can understand the pressure that she's feeling at this time. Chris and Monique end up going for a walk talking about the not for lazy moms thing. That's when we find out the 200K was dropped so she can do this whole business shit. And he's like, damn, that's a lot of money. And he's basically saying, if you're putting all this money in and you're not really selling any tickets or anything like that, you kind of got to reconsider what's going on here. She gets kind of mad about that. She wants support from him. But you know what? He's trying to be honest with her and he's just letting her know his thoughts. And isn't that what marriage is? Supporting? Yes, but also no bullshit. Here's the reality. This is what I think. I don't want to make you upset, but I also don't want to tell you something that could make things worse in the end. Like, I don't want to lie to you. That's fucked up. Monique then in turn talks to Chris about how 
with the Not For Lazy Moms podcast, the live podcast recording, I guess she wanted Candace to be a part of it because they wanted to talk about how Candace and Chris still haven't been on a honeymoon since they've been married for a year. So they wanted to talk about that, but Candace was not feeling it and she's still not feeling Monique. We both know that they're not feeling each other. So she texts Monique and says, you know what? I can't do the podcast. I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Monique then gets pissed off even more because she spent all that money with the flyers, with Candace's little headshot saying, oh, she's going to be a part of it. Now she's pissed because she's not going to be a part of it. So now the bitch got to print up new flyers. That sucks because that's an expense. That's for sure. So I feel your pain, Monique. I feel it. Then Robin meets up with her uh, her parents just for a little visit. Find out, too, that her dad is a retired dentist, but he's also a jazz musician. Fuck yeah. Way to go, Mr. Robin's dad. I love that. Come to Chicago. I'd love to go to the jazz showcase. I want to see you. Do a gig. I want to see it. That's fucking cool. And do you give lessons? I'll call you. Robin's telling her mom and dad that they're outgrowing their house and she was telling Juan basically if we're gonna move into another house we gotta get married hello her parents her dad especially he's skeptical on the whole thing the marriage thing but her mom is like hey you know what it's about damn time again like come the fuck on her dad again is a little bit more weary he doesn't know um he's just worried he doesn't want anyone to make any mistakes so he's just trying to stay woke essentially She tells them that her and Juan were talking about getting couples counseling before they get married just to talk out some issues that they had while they were married and just any current issues just to talk it out because communication is key in any relationship that's intimate or friendship period. From there, Ashley is meeting up with her mother with baby Dean and she has a little sister who's 14 years old. They have the same mother but different father. So they're shopping for her sister's homecoming. (laughs) Ashley's take on fashion is very different from her sister. Her name is Jessica, by the way. (laughs) And anytime Ashley made a suggestion, (laughs) her sister was like, what? No, I don't know. I don't think so. So I guess Ashley's hit that age where her style of dress isn't cool to a 14-year-old. But you know what? Whatever. I still think what Ashley wears, she's rocking it. Yes. Her mom was talking to her about the Michael situation. And Ashley's like, you know what, mom? I am not afraid to leave Michael. I'm at this point, like, I have my baby. I have him to focus on. Like, I can't be focused on that bullshit like before. Like, my life is bigger than just myself at this point. So I have no problem to leave Michael. If this were to happen again, I'm out. I would think that it didn't happen again because she's knocked up again. I really hope it didn't and I hope it never happens again because Michael, as I said before, you are so lucky. You are lucky that she's staying with you. Trust. Then... The big, the big one. Drum roll. The winery visit, honey. The winery. Oh, my God. This winery visit, to me, reminded me so much of the winery visit of the New York ladies. Remember when Dorinda was making fun of Tinsley saying, I wanted short hair, but maybe I wanted curly hair. You know, when she was being super obnoxious. This is what the winery visit is starting to be. We're going to see more of it next week. Giselle wanted to do this so everyone can just celebrate her you know what and I love it she has no shame she has no shame she's like I want all the accolades I want people to be talking about me like this is about me hello love me praise me yes 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 I love it unapologetic this is why Giselle is as real as they come she's great 
whenever Ashley shows up, the girls are all there already. Ashley shows up last. The Michael issue comes up and Ashley seems like everything is good in the hood as usual. She always likes to play the denial card in that sense as if nothing happened. You know who else, you know who else does that? Karen does that as well, pretending that everything's okay. She puts on a nice little act. But then we see that Ashley ends up telling the girls what happened. Some of the girls, when they heard that Michael and her have had a threesome with other women, some of them looked a little surprised, but I think a lot of them weren't that shocked. And as I said before, I wasn't really shocked to hear that because it really, one, if you want to do that in your marriage or in your relationship, that's your prerogative. You do you, boo. But yeah, so she was telling them what was going on. And she's like, you know what? I told Michael, if this happens again, I'm done with you. I'm done. I'm out. Me and baby Dean are out. They were listening, supporting her. It was a great conversation and no fights yet. End of the episode. Candace gotta bring it up. She gotta bring it up. That Monique was sleeping whenever she was leaving the lake house. That did not sit well with Candace. She was pissed off. She said, how can you conveniently be asleep whenever I'm leaving your lake house where everyone else, Ashley, Robin, Karen, everyone else left and you were awake. But then when I was going to leave, you were asleep. So she brings that up. Ooh, Monique started to say what she was saying. And she was like, I was really tired. What is your problem? Like, I'm a mom. You're not a mom. And then all of a sudden, words are exchanged. Then you hear, oh, you're going to drag me? You're going to drag me? Drag me, Monique! And then, of course, what happens? To be continued. Oh, to be continued. So the drag me's coming. The drag me is coming. Now, let's go to our dueling divas. So for the dueling divas, it's clear Tinsley and Dorinda still. Dorinda doesn't want to be in a codependent relationship. That's why, honestly, I think she does want what Tinsley has. Dorinda was with Richard. I don't think she was codependent. I don't necessarily think Tinsley is super codependent either, to be honest. But... She told Andy that, this is Dorinda, she told Andy, I don't want to be in a codependent relationship. It's so sad. Oh, like you're waiting for someone to sweep you off your feet to solve all of your life's problems, blah, blah, blah. First of all, that was mean. Second of all, I don't think Tinsley was doing that. I think she just wanted to find a partner. I don't think there's any shame in that or any way to feel embarrassed, or anything like that. I mean, that's just fucked up. She wants to be with someone. She wants to have a life with someone. What the fuck is wrong with that? I think she was saying that because she was projecting her anger that she doesn't have that particular relationship that Tinsley has now, and she had with Richard. I said that before. I'm always going to be saying that because I think that is the truth. We see Tinsley. Again, she put out the Dukes this uh, this reunion. I think she was kicking ass. She calls Dorinda a coward because she can't even come to Tinsley alone about their issues to discuss it. Because we recall in the episode that she wanted Leah to be there to be the moderator. And Tinsley was like, what the fuck? Are you scared to come to me by yourself? Like, what is this? Why do you need Leah there? So, dueling diva right there. Also, Ramona and Leah with the whole daughterly, motherly type of weird relationship. But you know what? I like the relationship. I think it's great. Ramona's discussing Leah's bipolar disorder and the personal info out there to all of the Upper East Side. They bring that up. Leah's like, why the fuck would you bring up my shit? Like, that's messed up. And Ramona's like, why would you dance inappropriately at my 60th birthday party with all my 60-some girlfriends? 
basically all the girls said, Ramona, you fucking overreacted. It really wasn't that big of a deal because it wasn't. She was getting turned and she was dancing her face off. There's nothing wrong with that. I do that too. I thought this was crazy. Ramona said that she finds Leah more crass than Sonia's Lucille Ball's humor on sexuality. So basically, Ramona's like, Leah, you're gross and so vile. Sonia, you're hilarious because you're like Lucille Ball. Okay, I can see Lucille Ball attributes in Sonia, to be honest. But I don't think Leah is crass with her sexuality. I think she's just... I don't know. It's 2020 here, people. It's not like the 1950s, 60s. It's all fucking different. We all just got to man up, deal with the shit, and take life as it comes to us. So Ramona, get the fuck over it. Leah's doing nothing wrong. She's grown-ass woman. And that's that. For Ramona to also say, you know, Leah, when you're bipolar and you're on medication, you shouldn't drink. Well, guess what, Ramona? Leah is not a medication, and she told you that. Yet, you're still bearing out your soul about what you think about Leah with her bipolar disorder, and, like, it's just messed up. You shouldn't do that. Yes, she wrote a blog about it in 2016, but that was her story to tell. I don't think you have to go all around New York City to tell Leah's business to people. That was just not right. So, two big dueling divas of New York. Now, this is not a shocker, <laughs> dueling diva for sure potomac candace and monique like what the fuck no one else would be no one else no one else at all this whole episode is the build-up for the fight that we are really going to see next week again are we going to see it are we not going to see it because bravo's teasing us a little bit we did hear someone say i think it was robin at the very very end she's like let go of her monique so do they show that? I don't know. I just recall, I just recall from the scene, producer, some dude is holding Monique back. Like she is about to charge her. In my opinion, Bravo showed the ponytail pull felt around the world. If they don't show this, I think the reason why would be a legal thing because Monique and Candace got into the I'm pressing charges against you. So if we don't see that, that's probably why. But I'm not really sure. We'll find out next week for sure. But Candace butthurt about Monique sleeping whenever she was leaving. It's really not just, it's more than that. It is more than that. It is more than Monique saying, you know, you're kid shaming, blah, blah, blah. What's going on with you? Why are you so mad? It's more than that. It is such a deeper issue. Monique is saying that their friendship has always been a facade, like, Candace is fake, but Monique is fake, and it's not going to end up well. That's for sure. It's not. And then Candace said something on Watch What Happens Live last night, which Michael Rapaport was in there. Yes, shout out to you because I think you're fabulous. I love that you love all the fucking Real Housewives. It's great. Oh, also found this on Instagram via Bravo TV account. Oh my God. If you guys have the Peacock ad, they are showing, oh, so many seasons of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. OC, New York, uh, like fucking Potomac seasons one, th- like you gotta watch it. Binge watching, honey, binge watching. Holidays are coming eventually, but we're getting there. Oh my God, Peacock, binge your shit. It's gonna be great. I wonder if they'll do Vanderpump soon because this bitch got a recap on season five. I just gotta do that. But yeah, Dueling Diva, Candace Monique. Let's see how the drama unfolds next week. And that's that. Let's get to uh, the New York shade and uh, let's move this train a going, which also made no sense. But let's go to the weekly shade. 
So I only have one little thing for the shade for New York. It was <laughs> it was Dorinda saying this about Ramona, basically saying, well, she kind of threw out some low blows saying that Ramona isn't that thin. Oh, that's not really that funny, but that was a shade you could say. <laughs> she also says, renew skin is your skin. So Renew Skin, that's the skincare line that Ramona put out, right? So Dorinda says something like, the Renew Skin is your skin, Ramona. No, you got a facelift, honey. So that's some deep shade. Uh, Do I feel like Ramona did get a facelift? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. And if she did get a facelift, who the fuck cares? She still looks great. Do whatever you want, boo, right? And Dorinda also threw some shade saying that Ramona, she gets laid by different men every single night. But do we recall whenever Leah said on her Instagram that Ramona shits during sex? Do you remember that? Gross, but hilarious at the same time. I definitely don't think that's true. I just don't. But it was funny to say that was the video when she was with Elise. That was a couple weeks ago. So, but yeah, that's the New York shade from our New York gal pals. So for the shade for our Potomac gal pals, Candace calls Monique plastic. That's so Regina George (laughs) mean girls, but it's not even any, like, first of all, it's not even really that funny in mean girls. It was, but I don't know. It's 2020 mean girls was how many years ago, but even though it's still like a pop culture icon, it was great. But yeah, Monique's plastic per Candace and (laughs) The best shade was coming from Karen, let me tell you, with the whole winery visit. (laughs) She shades Giselle and she's like, we're just going to that winery because we are celebrating Giselle's literary award. This is all about Giselle's literary award. (laughs) Then she's like, I wish Giselle would Skype me. I could save the money on gas. Oh my God. She also says that Giselle's hostess skills suck. But, I mean, let's be real. Karen, your hostess skills aren't the greatest either with your La Dame fragrance. Come on. Oh, my God. That was just as bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. But, yeah, Karen thinks it's always about Giselle. But guess what? It kind of is always about Giselle according to Giselle, and that's why I love her. She's unapologetic, and that's what we all dig, okay? Monique also throws some shade about Candace when they're all at the winery and they're drinking, they're having fun. We hear Candace saying, I love you girls. And then Monique says, yeah, you love us only because you're drinking at the moment. So she's getting a little tipsy tipsy enjoying the wine. So Monique doesn't buy her shit. When the girls are about to have their uh, dragging moment, Candace has a knife that she's tapping against the glass and she said in Watch What Happens Live the other day that she was using it as a comical thing. See, Candace does have a sense of humor. Candace responded very well whenever Chris was acting like her at the lake house when the guys were doing all of their wives. So she does have a sense of humor. So she said on Watch What Happens Live that she was trying to do that with the glass and the knife at the winery. <laughs> you have Giselle saying, no knives, please. No knives, please. So when he had to take away the knife, because we all know that we did not want last year's repeat of the butter knife being flown across the room. We don't want that to happen again. So I thought that was funny shade. No knives, please. Thank you, Giselle, for pointing that out. That was great. Let's get to their quotes because I do have a few. And then we'll continue with our Potomac ladies. So for the quote for the New York women, (laughs) 
during the Tinsley and Dorinda blowout when they were just like, oh, my God, you're codependent. No, I'm not. You're a bitch. Blah, 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 blah. You just hear. Oh, yeah. This is when <laughs> this is when Andy was talking about the 30 names that Bethany gave out and Leah was on them. Uh, Leah was on the list and shit. <laughs> you just hear Ramona underneath her breath. Bethany's name comes up and then Ramona's just like, well, who who gives a shit about Bethany? Oh, my God. Bethany probably heard that and was just like, mention it all, honey. Everyone gives a shit about Bethany. You know why? Because maybe she does know it all. Hello. Do we remember that quote? Yes. One liner. Love it. Obsessed. So who gives a shit about Bethany? Ramona apparently doesn't, but it seems like she does because she said it. Now, another thing that involves Ramona, but the quote comes from my dear Andy Cohen. Ramona needs to pee during this damn reunion and she's about to go. (laughs) And then Andy says, actually, hold up. You forgot your mask, Ramona. Oh, that crazy ass mask. Whenever you saw her in the first uh, part one, when she was trying to take a fucking sip of her drink and she had a straw and she was trying to put it there. Come on, Ramona. You are such. Oh, my God. I love you. So, yeah, during the pee break, Ramona, you need to get your fucking mask. So don't forget the mask here, people. Let's go to our Potomac gals. Drag me, Monique. As far as the quote from the Potomac women, I only have one. Well, actually, no, I have two. So there's one. (laughs) This one's from Giselle. She says this is after she got her literary award. I love that. Karen, you are so good at that. Giselle says, sometimes my kids might eat Cheetos for dinner, but I have taught them that hard work pays off. Listen, I love Cheetos. I eat Honey Nut Cheerios for dinner sometimes. Haven't had Cheetos, but I could. Cheetos are fucking good. I definitely like the Puff Cheetos. I think those are really good. But yeah, that was a fun quote. Giselle, you're a badass writer. Keep winning your literary awards. (laughs) Karen. Hashtag Karen Huger. Um, Then we have Candice talking about Monique. This is right before the to be continued was placed on the screen. Candace says, girl, I'm bored. I'm sleep. Ugh, I'm bored. She's just going on and on and on and on and on. She's provoking. She's provoking Monique. And you know what? Monique, she's not going to take it because she comes after you. And then you probably go after her. And then it's like a dueling diva. Yes. Number one on the board. And there we have it, folks. Those are my quotes. My quote of the week, though, uh, you can never go wrong with Ramona is whenever... (laughs) She says, who gives a shit about Bethany? I don't know. It's just you you can't get rid of Bethany. She's always there. Just like Nini, even though she's gone, she'll always still be there. It's great. So who gives a shit about Bethany? Honey, I do. And so does the rest of the world. Bethany Frankel, we miss you. Bring back Bethany and bring back Barbara. So we've hit it, Yins, guys. We're on the 35th episode, okay? And this is a big deal for me because 35 is my favorite number of all time. I tell everyone who knows me, my 35th birthday, whenever it's coming around, I expect it to be the best year of my life. I really hope that that happens. Oh my God. 35th episode down. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. This is such a fucking good time and I love doing it each week. I love the fact that this past week was filled with so much drama from our New York gal pals and our Potomac ladies. It's just going to get better and better. Part three on Thursday for New York. 
We gotta see Drag Me Monique on Sunday. That will never get old to me ever. And I think I want to buy a t-shirt that says that. And I know where I can find them. So tell your friends about the show. Find me on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Follow us also at Believe Podcasts and Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Please drop me a DM. Tell me what you like about the show, what you hate, uh, what I could do better. Just basically, let's have a conversation. I really want to talk to you guys more. And anytime that you see a story or whatever, send it to your friends. Tell them to listen to the show. Tag a bitch. Tag a bitch. Yes, yes, yes. Like us on iTunes. Subscribe. All that shit. Five stars. You get the story. Okay. Self-plug. Done. I hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe. Fall's a coming. Get your pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks. You know all that shit. Enjoy, and I will talk to you guys on Tuesday. Drag me, Monique! Enjoy that episode, because I know it's going to be a fucking good one. All right, bye, yins guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.